0: Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keyes. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week we discuss issues including gender and income inequality. This time we wanted to look at climate change and how it is affecting low income communities of color. In cities like Phoenix, decades of segregation have forced black and Hispanic residents into areas with few trees, bad air quality, and higher temperatures than nearby wealthy neighborhoods. The searing heat has been fatal for some who have little relief. We reached out to Anna Bettis at the Nature Conservancy, a nonprofit that is the largest conservation organization in the world. Bettis is the Arizona Healthy Cities Program Director and breaks it all down for us. That conversation after this short break. Man, that sunset is gorgeous.
1: I work here uh, in Arizona, and so we are, uh, and also in the Phoenix metro area, which is the hottest large metro area in the country. And so in my community, um, climate change is impacting communities of color with the disproportionate impacts of urban heat. Here in the Phoenix metro area, we have research that shows that neighborhoods as little as two miles apart can have up to a 13 degree difference in air temperature and that the hottest places also have the lowest tree canopy cover. They have the highest child poverty and they often are communities of color. If you look back at our history, um, a lot of this tracks back to historic disinvestment and discrimination. You kind of see that uh, through line through today. And now they're, they're much, much hotter and um here heat is a real challenge you know not just for quality of life but it actually costs people their lives heat is the the leading weather related cause of death and unfortunately in Arizona we do um lead the country in that just in our county alone there was um almost 340 heat deaths last year so it's it's fairly significant and um you know a big a big equity issue that we're seeing here
0: and i can hear people in my head going how is a lack of trees and parks in a neighborhood part of an equity issue?
1: Yeah, well, um, the, the equity issue here is that not everyone is getting access to the cooling benefits of nature, particularly trees. So uh, we have some communities here that have you know over 20 percent tree canopy cover. And then you look at other census tracts and they have less than 2 percent. And because of that, it's much, much hotter. There's, you know, pavement exposed to the sun, the great sun that we have uh almost uh, year round, it traps heat, it releases it back into communities at night, and they they don't have the opportunity to cool down overnight. Um, and you know that that increases their cooling costs, so they're paying more, you know, than wider, more affluent communities, and they're you know more likely to um you know, be sick from the heat because of the, that disproportionate impact.
0: And this is affecting a community that has trouble accessing health care and especially for problems like this.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Talk to me about some of the ways that can fix this issue. And is it just about nonprofits like yourself or are there other people that should be involved in this?
1: Um, I think it's going to take uh, a lot of different partnerships to address the inequities that we're seeing when it comes to the impacts of climate change. I know here, the Nature Conservancy in the Phoenix metro area and in communities across the, the U.S., we are partnering with community-based organizations that have longstanding relationships and trust with the communities that are most impacted by the impacts of climate change. And we feel that that's really important because the people who are most affected by the problem, we think have the best ideas about solutions to the problem. Um, and oftentimes their voices are not included when we're thinking about, you know, making investments in um, solutions to, to climate change. And so one of the things that we're doing is working in partnership with um, these community-based organizations To build the capacity of people living in these communities so that they have the skills, resources, and tools to implement solutions themselves or to also advocate for, you know, more investment in their communities. We just finished up our second year of the Urban Heat Leadership Academy, which we think is sort of the first of its kind program that's really aiming to do just that. Um, And so participants in that program are able to kind of learn um, not only about the the problems, but how they intersect with um, environmental justice and equity, what solutions are out there, you know, nature-based solutions, built environment solutions, behavior changes people can make, um, and then also skills and tools to influence change. So how do they tell a compelling story about their personal experience? How do they do good advocacy? How do they do community engagements? They practice facilitating a community meeting. Um, so that the, the people there really have the, the tools that they need. And then we also provide the resources. So, um, there are grant funds available to allow people to really act on what they've learned. So this for us has been a really exciting model for um, making investments in an equitable way in these communities. We, we have a lot of different partners on that, um, including the city, um, also including other nonprofits that came in and helped us develop the materials.
0: Talk to me about some of the things that you are teaching people through the Leadership Academy. I mean, is, is it it's not just as basic as planting trees, is it?
1: No, certainly not. So the program starts by talking about the problem of urban heat, but also, you know, that doesn't exist in a vacuum. So we look at the intersections with water and air quality. Um, and then there's also the lens of environmental justice and equity. And we we can go back to some historic redlining maps in our community. And then they learn about different kinds of solutions. So certainly trees are one nature-based solution that they learn about, but they also learn about um, built environment solutions because trees are not the appropriate solution for every location, right? there, There's a role for shade structures, building overhangs, things like that. Um, And then also behavior changes. There, there are a lot of things that we can do to stay safer during the heat, like wearing a wide-brimmed hat, for example. We worked with the Maricopa County or uh, sorry Maricopa County Department of Public Health uh on some messaging there to help people understand how they can be safer um so yeah it's really a kind of a comprehensive look and the the idea was to provide the information in a way that um is culturally appropriate it's accessible to anyone Uh, whether they have a formal education or not. So the, the, uh, curriculum has a series of 39 animated videos to really explain things in a very simple way. Um, and then the idea is that people can take that and, and come up with the solutions that they think are appropriate in their communities. We're really clear not to tell people what the answers are. We're just providing the, the skills, the resources, the tools, and then Kind of empowering them to, uh, you know, decide what's best for them and their community.
0: And this, these are virtual meetings, right? But how? What kind of enthusiasm have you been seeing from people that attend?
1: Yeah, no, it's been really exciting. Um, we have, um, we just, like I said, we finished up our second class, and we've seen a lot of enthusiasm so far. Our first cohort is just now uh, putting their projects um, in place on the ground. And um, they've really, they've done a lot of exciting things. For example, a team of academy graduates partnered with a local church in South Phoenix, which is a, a hotter part of our community, to open a cooling center in a place where there were not any. Um, some other teams are working to put in trees in pedestrian areas that they know that they're themselves and neighbors that they've had have been really hot while moving through their community. Um, and some are even setting up workshops to um, share what they've learned with their broader community so that they they too can can be empowered to create change.
0: And really briefly, what can local and state governments to do to make sure that neighborhoods have, you know, the right kind of shade?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think a key uh, key thing there is, you know, listening to people in the community, you know, so often... Um, it's, it's easy to just kind of come into a neighborhood and think that you have the answers. But I think that element of, of listening and the Nature Conservancy and a number of different partners did a process called heat action planning. So there's actually a guide for how to do this sort of community engagement and hear from communities, um, about what they want to see. Because, you know, for one neighborhood, it might be really important to you know, have shade uh, on pedestrian areas from school to home. Um, another area may have a different priority, like shade at bus stops. There's probably some things that, you know, um, all all communities should should um, have access to like the the shade at the bus stop probably isn't the best example because really uh, if you're spending time out at the bus stop that's that's a place where shade is going to be necessary but yeah i think if i had to put it into words it would be you know listening to to those communities about what their priorities are
0: that was anna bettis at the nature conservancy in arizona Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks to Alan Peng for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, and leave a rating or a review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News.
1: Survivor's back, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor Podcast, and we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D.Vayadaris. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor Podcast,
0: wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News Business Analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch Podcast